Good morning. Would you please stand as we begin worship this morning? Thank you guys. Good morning everybody. Boy, we walked outside this morning. I'm like, this is beautiful weather. I think it was like 30 degrees and it was beautiful compared to what we've had. But I'm glad you guys are here this morning to worship our Lord and Savior. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll do our welcoming time today. Lord Jesus, I, I thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity, Lord, to be here today to worship you and to sing praises to you and uh, to read your word together, Lord, and uh, be with the ones, if anyone's still not feeling good, I think we got a couple, just be with them, Lord, and uh, be with anyone traveling and, and can't be with us today. Uh, but Lord, I'm excited to be here. We love you, Lord, and in everything we glorify and honor you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
Thank you, guys. All right, you may be seated this morning. Got a couple of announcements. Um, Chocolate-covered strawberries. So um, these are going on sale. The, the funds are going to the missions, to missions departments. Our different missionaries that we have uh, in South Dakota, uh, in Thailand. We have numerous missionaries that the church supports, so it's going into missions. And, of course, our local mission of, of Freeway. Uh, they're going to be making these on February 12th at 8 a.m., they're $15 a dozen. Uh, they, they usually do this every year. They're taking orders now through February 6th. Uh, so here's the sign-up sheet. If we can pass this around today, if you want uh, chocolate-covered strawberries, sign that. Or you got questions, see Tammy. Tammy's in charge of the operation uh, this year. So, Okay, discipleship certificate. Jeannie Donaldson, can you come up here this morning? We have a discipleship certificate to... Present Jeannie Donaldson and her disciple E. Carrie. There you go. Just want to say that this was my first time going through the discipleship book, and we both learned a lot, I think. Um, I enjoyed it. She was a great person to disciple and always had a lot of questions. And uh, I just really was inspired by her, her want to know more about the word. So for a big hand. All right. Thank you. Sure. Okay. All right. Congratulations. It's a, it's an amazing thing. So speaking of discipleship, this afternoon at 4.30, we are starting a discipleship class. Alan and, and uh, Denny are going to be teaching this. It's going to be from 4.30 to 5.30 every Sunday afternoon here at the church for the guys. If you would like to come and attend discipleship as a group, we're going to be. what they're going to do is there, there's 14 lessons. They're going to do this in 14 weeks. So if they get through a whole lesson every day, great. If they don't, you can finish up, study out throughout the week, and ask questions when they meet again. But that's going to kind of be the goal. It starts today. It's open to any of the guys who want to come from 4.30 to 5.30. Downstairs, in the, downstairs near the kitchen, they'll have coffee and all that good stuff. So um, here's also a women's study coming up, women's Bible study coming up. It's called Here's Where the Joy Is. Abby, you want to say, like, times on this? When does it start, the whole nine yards? All right, so February 9th, $15 a book. If you got questions, please see Abby. Uh, they're going to be starting on Wednesday nights on February 9th. February 9th. Okay, perfect. So I'll, I'll be announcing that every, every single week. Here's something else that's coming up. I wanted to bring this up today. Uh, we've, we've still got about a month before we do it, but it's on the calendar. And fellas, I'm going to give you a reason to go fishing this morning, okay? We are going to have a church fish fry and outreach on Saturday, February 5th at 3 p.m. So, spring's about here. I hope spring's about here. Maybe in a couple months. Go catch some crappie. Go catch some catfish. Whatever you need. Uh, we're we're going to have that fish fry on Saturday, February 5th at 3 p.m. It's going to be an outreach. 
What did I say? February. March. Thank you. March 5th. Saturday, March 5th. So you got a little bit of time, but put that on the calendar. It'll be a big day. Also, Youth Sunday. We do this every single year. Youth Sunday is February 13th. So after the morning service, we're going to have an, a, a dessert auction that raises money for the youth fund for the kids to go to camp uh, and their, their activities throughout the year. And then we have dinner. That Sunday, we're also going to be talking about sanctity of human life that Sunday. So that is uh, Youth Sundays, February 13th. If you got questions, please see Joel and Shelly. Auction will be right after the morning service, and then we'll have dinner with one another. So it's a great time. Uh, if you've never been, we have a lot of fun. Uh, we have a lot of fun that day. Uh, young adult activities. I know you guys just had one. Got anything else on the calendar? Not yet. Okay. We're we waiting for young adult activities. Uh, Bible study, men's Bible study tonight at 6 p.m. here at the church. Uh, 6 o'clock uh, tonight. Let you know, again, if you're a visitor this morning or you haven't been, on Wednesday nights, every Wednesday night we have dinner with one another at 6 o'clock. We're going through uh, an adult class upstairs right now on who Jesus is, foundations of do uh, Christian doctrine. We've been talking about that uh, upstairs. We also have youth classes and kids classes every Wednesday night. Classes start at 645. Dinner is at 6 o'clock. And, of course, we have freeway every Saturday night uh, at 530. Services at, uh, dinner's at 530. Services at 6. Did I forget anything on announcements today? Tuesday at 8.30, Mom's Cafe, Women's Breakfast. Good stuff. Ladies, if you're not plugged in with women's ministry, do so. They have a lot of, a lot of fun together, a lot of ministries they do. Yes, Jeannie. Oh, uh, sta statements, yes. They have uh, your, your giving statements from last year. If you would like your giving statement from last year, please see Jeannie. And also they asked me to ask when you fill out uh, for offering, please fill out the envelopes. That's one way that they keep track of uh, giving so they can give you a financial statement at the end of the year. You should find those in the backs of your seat. Also, if you're a visitor, I I'm going to be doing visits, starting to ramp up doing visits again. If you have somebody you'd like me to go visit with and share the gospel with, uh, or if you're a visitor this morning, please fill out a visitor card. On the back of those are prayer requests. If you have a prayer request you'd like for us to pray for you about, we have a, a, a meeting every Wednesday night at 6 o'clock where a prayer team meets and they pray. The elders also meet every Sunday morning and will pray over your requests. So please uh, submit those prayer requests and visitor cards. Or if you just want us to go visit somebody that you know needs the gospel, write their address down. Me and Mike, we'll go see them. So... Any other announcements this morning? Yes. Perfect. That women's study on February 9th is a study of the Trinity, which is great. That's awesome. Okay. Anything else? Okay. Let's go to our time of worship this morning. If you would please stand. We'll take up our morning offering uh, and enter our time of worship before we jump into God's word together. So let's bless the morning offering today. Lord Jesus, again, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here today. And as we enter our time of worship, Lord, we worship you, God, with our voices and song and by our giving today, Lord. So take this, use it to further your kingdom, to support uh, the gospel going out, not only in our community, but all over the world for our missionaries. I, Lord, I'm very thankful this morning that there's 
uh, missionaries around the world that have given up everything to share the truth of who you are. And so, Lord, bless them. As we enter our time of worship, Lord, we just worship you. We thank you for what you did for us on the cross, for your death, burial, and resurrection. And in all things, God, we honor you. In your name I pray. Amen.
Thank you, guys. All right, children, uh, the kids second grade and below, if they want to go to Children's Church this morning, they can. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Today is, the title of the sermon is Love the World, Part 2. It's the second part from last week. John 2, 15 through 17. It says this, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, again today we come, uh, Lord, and, and we're in your word today. And uh, Lord, I, I pray that, that there's anyone in here, Lord, that's living in the world right now. That they're, they're living uh, to please the world, God. That today your Holy Spirit will convict them of their sin, they have a great need in their life, and that's for you. Lord, for my brothers and sisters that are here today, Lord, I, I pray that we're in the world but not a part of the world, that, that Lord, we're, we're trying to share the truth of who you are, and, Lord, that you'll be glorified and honored, and that, uh, Lord, our, 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 our citizenship, uh, God, is not of this world, but it's of heaven, and we realize that, and that's a high calling, a high citizenship. And, Lord, so today we just love you, we honor you, I pray for our time of, 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 uh, in your word today. In your name I pray, amen. You may be seated. All right, so last week we, uh, we did jump back into the book of 1 John and we started talking about the world. And I want to just do a quick recap in case you weren't here last week so you kind of know uh, where we are. Uh, we broke down the meaning of the word world. And we saw that that did have multiple meanings in Scripture. There were, there were multiple things. One was they were talking about the physical earth. Uh, the second was the people of the world. That when, when you saw it sometimes in Scripture, it was talking about the people of the world. And the third thing, uh, and the thing that First John is talking about, is the humanistic system uh, of the world. That's at odds with God and His Word. We saw and we talked about that Satan is the God, little g, of this world. Uh, he uses the world systems to lead people astray. Uh, he, he uses lost people to promote idolatry, uh, to promote sexual sin, to promote the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We talked about how all sin can be categorized into those three uh, things. And, and finally, we talked a little bit about as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ... That we should be separate from the world. And so I want to start today by kind of expounding on that uh, as we start. And that's kind of the first point today that I want to talk about. Is that we're supposed to be separate from the world. But also be a part of the world. So turn to John, if you would. John chapter 17. And let's talk about that a little bit. John 17, 14 through 16. John 17... 14 through 16. John 17, 14 through 16. It says this, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I 
am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. So what do we see here? We see that Jesus is clearly sending his followers out into the world. They were being commissioned here to go into the world and be a light. To go into the world and share the gospel. And to be a, uh, to be a light for those that are in spiritual darkness. So, so basically what, what he's saying is we're, we have to live in this evil world in such a way that people will see us. See our good works which glorify God. See Christ in us. And to know that when they see us, when they interact with us in this world, that there's something different about us. That there's something vastly different about being a follower of Christ versus someone who is living according to the world. Jesus says this again. Uh, if you flip over just a couple of books in the Gospels here to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Verses 14 through 16. I'm going to read these verses. You're going to absolutely know it's in, from the Sermon on the Mount. He says, You are a light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people put a light, uh, put a light uh, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give, them, give glory to your Father who is in heaven. What's Jesus saying? He said, when we walk into the world, we should be a light. Just like that little kid song that they sing at VBS, this little light of mine. Literally, we should be a light when we walk into this dark and evil world that people can look at us and see Christ. Now, being a part of the world or being in the world... Functioning in the world is something we have to do as Christians. We can't isolate ourselves. We can't just cut ourselves off from all of society. When I was thinking about this this week, and I'm not trying to hammer them on them here, but they legitimately, this group of people do that. I think about our neighbors in over near Seymour, the Amish community. They live in such a vastly different way that they are not a part of the world that it really, it really hurts their ability to share the truth of Christ with people because people can't relate to them. They can't relate to them at all. So you don't, I mean, how many times do you hear of somebody that's living in the world converting to being Amish? You very rarely ever hear of that. So it really, it's a hindrance Sometimes when we try to completely separate ourselves from the world. So we should be separate. So like Jeff, you're, making, you're not making sense here, right? We should be living in the world, right? And Paul's going to make perfect sense of the mess that I'm creating here in just a second, okay? We should be living in the world but not be a part of it. I should be able to relate to people out there that are lost, on a level that I can share the gospel with them. And they can see that there's something about our lives that's differently. This is how it's explained in scripture. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 19 through 23. This is how he explains it. It's how it's explained. It's good. 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23. It says, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. 
To the Jew, I became a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, and by all means I might save some. For I do it for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. What is he saying? He's saying, be all things to all people. Be able to relate to people out there. Relate to where they are in their life, so that you can share the gospel with them. Guys, we're supposed to meet people right where they are. That's why I love, I love one of, the, one of the ministries, and it's a ministry of this church, is Freeway. Because many church people look at somebody struggling with addiction, and they'll turn their back on them. Or someone that looks different than they do, they'll turn their back on them, and they, might, they won't make them feel welcome. I, I don't know that I can be any more frank, but the day that we as a church body turn people away based upon how they're dressed, the way they look, or the sins that they've struggled with in their life, is the day that we turn people away because of that, of that is the day that we should shut the doors of the church. Because we're no longer a church. We would be no longer a church of Jesus Christ. You know, I got to thinking about this, and I always try to make these things practical and, and, and where we can understand them easy, but... You know, I guess I'm just getting excited about spring, and I know it's still January, but I'm starting to think towards spring and going crappie fishing. And me and Hunter this morning on the way to church, he always rides with me in the morning to church, and, and we always look for deer. And I said, hey, we need to start actually looking for what? And he goes, turkeys. Because in April, man, we get spring turkey season coming now. Uh, and, and, and last year during spring turkey season, uh, a, a good friend of mine has a whole bunch of land, and we go hunting on it. And he has this one big field, and we drove my truck down this dirt lane of this field. And I had gotten off just a little bit off of that lane, and I buried my truck. I mean, I had it buried in the mud. And I had to call him, and I'm like, dude, send somebody over with a tractor and pull me out. And he sent one of his workers over with a tractor and pulled me out. And we got out, and that got me thinking about this. It got me thinking about this. There are people right now that are buried in their life of sin and turmoil, and they've just created absolute messes for them. And listen, we should be a church and be a people that not just drive by them when they're in the ditch and stuck in the mud, but be a people that will step down and help them Get out of that mud and share with them the truth of how they can be made white as snow. We have to be a people, not think that there's something special about being a Christian, that we're better than someone else, that we can drive by those people and look at them and say, man, look at the mess of their life and keep driving by. We can't be a church like that. We must be in the world, just not partaking in what the world does. We can't isolate ourselves. Remember, I want you to remember this, that everybody in this room at one point in their life was lost and headed for hell. Every one of us. 
And I'm thankful, I'm thankful that there were people in my life that shared the truth with me. That's what Paul's saying. Share the truth. Be all things to all people. Relate to people. If your neighbor likes soccer, I don't know why anyone likes soccer, sorry. But if he does, try to relate to him on a soccer game and open a conversation about that. I mean, just relate to people. That's how you're in the world. We don't isolate ourselves where there's no way that anyone would have a conversation with, our, with us. Be in the world, but not a part of it. Here's the second thing that I see through this in, in our passage. Is that God changes our citizenship. He changes where we're citizens of. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. When we become followers of Jesus, he changes us. We are now no longer citizens of this earth, but we now have a new citizenship, and that's in heaven. Philippians 3.20 says that. Philippians 3.20 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to say this morning, and I, and I say this a lot, I'm thankful for where we live. Like, I'm thankful that we live in Webster County, Missouri. In southwest Missouri compared to some of the other parts. I spoke with a pastor this week from California. And I told him, I said, man, we pray. I'm, pr- I'm going to pray for you because you have it rough in California compared to what we have in southwest Missouri. And we have, but as a whole, even, as, even in other parts of the world, I'm telling you, we, have, we are very fortunate to be citizens of the United States of America right now. We are fortunate to live where we live. You know why? We have a constitution in our country that no matter how much that the current administration wants to trample your rights as citizens, we have certain rights. The first ten amendments of the constitution, you know what they're called? The Bill of Rights. Maybe you've never read them before, but you need to read them right now as because you were born... In the United States, that makes you a citizen of this country. Where you're at right now, not, and I'll, not, let me get there, okay? Don't, don't, I'm not getting ahead of myself, just let me get there. Right now, you are a citizen of the United States, and you have certain rights. And those, th- those amendments are there for a reason. Here's a couple of them. I'm just going to read a couple of them. The first one, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a a redress of grievances. I'm thankful that we have the freedom to come worship here this morning. And our Constitution says nobody can stop us from worshiping. Probably one of my personal favorite Bill of Rights is the Second Amendment. It says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Buy some guns and let's shoot them. That's a good thing. We have that right. Go hunting. You have that right. Here's another one, number 10. The power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution or prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. The power is to the people, not the governments. 
So we have these rights as being... Now, so you say, all right, what in the world is he preaching about? Why in the world would he be talking about the Constitution and the Bill of Rights right now? Well, I believe because for too long, the church has not been engaged with their citizenship where they're at. We have got to be... And, and I believe that's the reason why we're in the mess we are. Because faithful followers of the Lord Jesus Christ haven't taken their citizenship of this country serious. And we should be engaged with, in, with electing people that follow this book. That love the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's why I know this spring and this summer, I will be going to our elders and saying, I would like to host another event where we interview the candidates for local office and state office to see if they align with what I believe about this book. To make sure that you all are informed with who you're going to elect. Those are things that are important and we have to be engaged in. Why? Why is that important? Because right now in Canada, it's illegal for pastors to preach against homosexuality. Right now in the United States, in West Lafayette, Indiana, they have an ordinance that they're trying to pass that says that biblical counselors can't counsel people out of that lifestyle. That's happening right now in the United States. You better get engaged. You better get engaged with your citizenship. And hey, listen, I love our country. And I say all that, I say all that to take a step back and say, I know that one day it's going to fail. Because this citizenship isn't permanent. This isn't where my hope arises. I think we have a responsibility to be engaged with what's around us. And to be engaged in the things of this world. But I also know that our citizenship here in the United States is going to fail. But I know that my citizenship in heaven will never fail. And we are called to a higher citizenship than even the United States. Our main focus, as much as we need to be engaged in that, has to be advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I know that no one man, no one man other than the Lord Jesus Christ can save our communities. No president can save our country. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to be focused that our citizenship is now not of this world, but another world. And we need to be advancing that and storing up treasures there. Luke 12, 33 says, Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old. With a treasure in heaven that does not fail. Where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. Being a citizen of heaven. You know how you have that citizenship? By believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you do that, you now have a citizenship of heaven. That means one day, there's going to be no more tears. No more pain. No more sickness. It means being with our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, for all eternity. For all eternity. We, are, we have to be a part of the world and be here, but not be a part of the world and be, in, be involved with the evilness. Focus on eternity. Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing over love of the world. If you love the world, if you love the world, it shows you don't love Jesus. If you love the world, it shows you don't love Jesus. Jesus' own words in Matthew 10, 
38 and 39 says, Whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying that when we die to our desires, when we die to ourselves, when we die to what the world has to offer, it shows that we are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we die to the world, it shows that we love Jesus. James, James, he, he even says it even more hardcore in James 4.4. 4. He says, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is amenity with God? It means enemies. If you're friends of the world, if you're in the world, you're an enemy of God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You can't love the systems of this world, the corrupt, the evilness, the lust, the greed. You can't be a part of the world and love the Lord Jesus Christ too. You can't. It doesn't work like that. If you are in the world, agreeing with the world, living a worldly life, then you are not a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not. If that's you, if the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, where you want, and you think that the American dream is to build up this vast surplus of wealth, read the book of Ecclesiastes that Solomon wrote, where he says it's passing away, it's worthless. That's not the American dream. That's the American nightmare that leads in death. The American dream should be that you die to yourself to live for the Lord Jesus Christ and store up your treasure in heaven. If you're of the world, if you're agreeing with the world, you aren't a follower of Christ. And if that's you, my message today is turn from the sin. Agree with God that it's sin about it and trust the Savior. Agree with God about the sin, that it's wrong, it's sinful. God, I don't want to be a part of the world. I don't want Satan influencing me. I trust in you. Listen, the Bible doesn't mention, it doesn't talk about a salvation that doesn't result in a different life. The Bible doesn't say anything about that. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that you can be a follower of Jesus and your life isn't vastly changed. On the contrary, every Every, and this is, I'm not talking a works-based salvation. I'm talking about after you're justified before God by your belief and your faith in Him, your life is vastly different. If your life is the same as it was before, you're not a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible doesn't mention a Noah's salvation that doesn't result in a different life. If your life, if your mind hasn't changed since you were saved... Since you supposedly professed Jesus or you were baptized. That's the answer I get. Tell me about when you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, I was baptized when I was like eight years old. That's not what I said. Tell me about when you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, I've been a member of the church for 30 years. That's not what I said. Tell me about when you professed Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Here's the last verse, and I'm going to close on this. It's Romans 12. How do we sum this up? It's Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, 
holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. What is a living sacrifice? It's dying to self to live for Christ. Like, I, I think, and John Shroop preached this sermon one time. Man, it just stuck with me. I think it'll stick with me forever. Like, whose kingdom am I trying to advance? Is what he asked. Am I trying to advance Jeff's kingdom? Or am I trying to advance Christ? My kingdom, Jeff's kingdom, I tell you, is of this world. Jeff's kingdom's concerned about business and money and all the things that would make, they say, make you happy. God's kingdom is about dying to self, about sharing the truth of who Jesus is, sharing the gospel, caring about others more than I care about myself, putting others before myself. So my question is, whose kingdom are you trying to advance? Are you dying to self, dying to the world? That is worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask our worship team to come today. I'm going to close on this. We are called to be separate from the world, but also be in it. Are you being a light for Jesus? Are you being a light for Jesus? Are you sharing the gospel with people? Listen, we can take this too far. We can take this to a point where we separate ourselves so much from people that we never have conversations with anybody. We have to have conversations and be the light of this world. We have to be. The, Jesus sent his disciples into the world to preach the gospel. He does the same thing with us. We know that's how people will be saved. Second, we're citizens of heaven. I'm thankful this morning that I live in southwest Missouri. I'm thankful for that. I'm very thankful for where I live compared to where I could have been in other, born in other parts of the world or even other parts of this country. But I want to tell you, that's not where our citizenship lies. We should be engaged with that because we should plant and we should try to bloom where God has planted us at. And we should make a difference in every area. And I, hey, I love our children. When we have Family Sunday, we have like 30 kids that come up here. I want a country... That, I, that my kids can look back on and say that my generation faithfully passed on a country to them that put the Lord Jesus Christ first. That elected people. And right now, I can't do that. We got work to do in that. But that's not, that's not our high calling. Our high calling is that of heaven. We're citizens of heaven. Just thinking about what waits us. One day as citizens of heaven. And if you're of the world. If you're of the world. It shows you don't love Jesus. To truly worship Jesus. It's to present your bodies a living sacrifice. Dead to things of the world. Living for Christ. Listen. I, I've preached some funerals before. A few of them. And I want to tell you. One thing that nobody ever talks about in a funeral is how much money the guy had, or what kind of house he had, or what kind of truck he drove. None of that. Because you know what? None of that matters. Even the lost people don't bring that kind of stuff up in a funeral service. 
we as Christians should never, because why? It's not important. What, what's important is loving the Lord Jesus Christ and sharing that truth. Sharing that truth with your family. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. We're going to have an invitation. Maybe you're here today. You need to profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here today and you need to join this local body of believers. You need to join what we're doing, what we're trying to make, the impact we're trying to make in our community and around the world. Maybe you need to do that. Maybe you just need to pray and say, Lord, there's a part of my life and it's been of the world. And I'm laying it at your feet because I love you. I don't want to pursue that anymore. Maybe you need to do that. Let's pray and then if you need to come, you can come. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, again. For your word and, and just the things that have jumped out as I've read it this week. And Lord, I pray that we are a church body, Lord, that makes an impact on our local community. That makes an impact in our government. That makes an impact in the people that we interact with. Lord, that more importantly makes an impact for your kingdom. And that shares the gospel with people. Shares the truth with people. Lord, it's not going to be easy for our congregation to do that in the coming months and years. We're seeing the trends, Lord, that people are don't love you. They don't think about you. They don't, they don't think about eternity. And that's going to continue, I believe, Lord, to go get worse and worse. Unless we as the church decide to be engaged. We have to be. So I pray for that this morning. Lord, if there's somebody here that doesn't know you, I pray the Holy Spirit's burden them. That today is the day that they believe in you. And they trust you. And they profess you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, we love you in all things we worship you. In your name I pray. Amen.
Thank you, guys. <laughs> Kenneth, come on up here. For you guys who were here Wednesday night, uh, you know why he's coming this morning. So uh, if I, I usually have meetings on Wednesday nights with people about baptism or salvation or church membership. And uh, we had a meeting with Kenneth on Wednesday night, and it was fun, wasn't it? I mean, I, I grill you a little bit, don't I? It's Yeah. yeah. But uh, we came out of that meeting, and we, we stopped dinner uh, because Kenneth... You, what have you done, Kenneth? Tell everybody. I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Okay. So, he, he wants to be baptized next week. So, we're going to do a baptism next week right here, uh, in, right here at our baptistry. We're going to do that, and uh, I'm excited for him. That, that's awesome. Thing. You got anything you want to say? I'm just happy to be here. I'm, I'm glad you're here too. I want you to stand right here. Congratulations. And I, when we get done, I want you to come up and congratulate him. So don't move. Chris and Abby, come on up here. I have known this couple for a long, long time. Uh, and they've put up with me for a long, long time. And they have come this morning. Come on over here. I want you to get in front of everybody. They've come this morning. Abby has been a member of our congregation for quite a while. And Chris has come this morning and said, hey, you know, I need to be a member of this church and serve here along next to my wife. And so, yeah. This is an answer prayer. And if uh, this guy can fix about anything. So if you need anything fixed, I'm going to get you busy, Chris. <laughs> so uh, just a, a, a great couple. I, I have, we, me and Selena have known them since high school, right? Junior high, junior high. It's, oh man, it's been a long time. But I'm so proud of them. And I want you to come around and congratulate them. You guys got anything you want to say this morning? No, okay, all right. Uh, so come around and congratulate them. Everybody up here, come around and congratulate them. Here's the benediction. Uh, it's kind of, I know sometimes some sermons are a lot harder than others, right? I understand these have been the last couple of tough weeks on this subject. I hope this verse will share some hope with you and encourage you as you leave here today. It's John 16, Jesus said, I have said these things to you. That in me you, you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. No matter what we go through out there. No matter how bad it gets. Through him we've overcome the world. When we're in Christ. So I'm going to close this in prayer. And then come around here and congratulate uh, them this morning. Lord Jesus we thank you Lord. We worship you today. I thank you Lord for your word. Thank you for our time that we could lift our voices in, in, in praise to you through song. And Lord, I thank you for Kenneth this morning coming and loudly proclaiming that he's become a follower of yours. And Lord, let us as a church be there to help him, disciple him, uh, and minister to him uh, during his time. Let him stand strong as Satan's going to be after him to try to get him off track. Uh, I, I pray for him this morning. Lord, I'm thankful for Chris and Abby coming today and Chris wanting to be a part of this local body. It's a huge answered prayer. Lord, I'm thankful for that couple and that they're going to raise their kids to love you, part of this church body, and let us minister to them and encourage them and be there for them. As we leave here today, God, keep us safe. Let us be the light for you as we walk out these doors into this world that people want to know what is different about us, that it will open up opportunities to share the truth of who you are. In all things, God, we worship you, we honor you, we love you. In your name I pray, amen.